Hey friends, and welcome to the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and I'm joined by my good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and the infrequent true, man. Gamer, okay, right. <laughs> and the infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. <laughs> I like it. The yeah. matches uh, Zach's energy there. there yeah, totally. totally <laughs> well, does. Good to see you guys. And I hope everyone listening is staying safe and healthy. Uh, so Zach, what kind of podcast updates do we have today? So our podcast listener survey is still open at retrogameguys.com slash survey. And if you haven't sent us your feedback yet, what are you waiting for? It yeah. takes only a few minutes and you're going to help us make this podcast way better. I think we all need that, right? Guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we we want, need, desire. Yeah. There you go. A- Alex is craving it. Yes. That need it badly. Need it badly. There you go. Yeah. All right. Are we already going there? This is early for us. <laughs> I know. It's not, let's not set <laughs> well, Alex up. No, no, uh, I thought that was a, a, a gauntlet throwback, right? What's, oh, oh, Elf needs food badly. Yeah, then. needs there food badly. Okay, where's, right, on, right, where's your so, head? Where's your mind right now? <laughs> oh, man. All right. We, we're, anyway, we're out Alexing Alex. <laughs> yes, there you go. So go to retrogameguys.com slash survey. Uh, we would love to have your feedback. And thank you to everybody who has filled out the survey. We've had some really helpful responses from listeners all across the U.S., including in Oregon, Washington, Texas, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Oklahoma. <laughs> Michigan, Wisconsin, and Virginia, to name a few. And uh, guys, we also heard from friends all around the world in Australia, Norway, Ah. Singapore, and the UK. And uh, according to survey response number 24, uh, someone from the planet of Uranus, Hmm. apparently. Oh, sounds familiar. Can't put my finger on it. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, there we go. That's the gassy planet. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Bad jokes have started early. All right. Well, moving to a more important topic, we wanted to highlight listener Aaron C for being a really generous guy in this season of giving. So um, Aaron was one of our listeners who won a gift card for filling out our survey, but instead of accepting it, he asked if we would donate the gift card amount to a local food bank. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're happy to do so. So Dustin, Alex, and I have matched and donated the amount to Second Harvest Food Bank, which is one Mm -hmm. of our favorite charities here in Silicon Valley. Absolutely. So thank you very much, Aaron. Yes. And if you can this year, please consider joining us in helping a local charity or your neighbor. We can get through this challenging time more easily if we do it together. Here, here. And uh, those are the updates. All right. Thank you, Zach. Now let's get into the show. For this episode, we're covering the classic beat-em-up game, Kung Fu. What's up? Least- <laughs> you can do that the whole episode? No, that's, that's the last time. Okay. Uh, I don't believe you. Right. <laughs> right. So it was released in 1985 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, if you want to give the original Kung Fu a go, you can pick up an original NES cartridge pretty cheap. Uh, for about 10 bucks, but sadly, there's really not many more options. Mm-hmm. Kung Fu has not been released on the Switch Online or any Nintendo eShop as far as we know, and that really needs to be corrected because, spoiler alert, this game's pretty fun. Yeah, yes, yeah it's so, criminal. <laughs> it, it is, is criminal. It yeah. really should be out there. So we'll we'll see. Uh, maybe it'll you know, be some uh, new tidings in the new year. Uh, but what else are we going to talk about in the Kung Fu episode? Well, we'll start by having Zach take us through the history of the game. Then we'll hear about memories of the game from our community and from this group and compare them to our experiences revisiting Kung Fu all these years later. We'll then have our hashtag beat retro game guys competition to see if any of our listeners can beat our scores. We'll take a quick trip to collector's corner and we'll wrap with our monthly gift card giveaway where someone will win a $25 gift card for their favorite console. And if you want to win our next giveaway, like last episode's winner at the big apple, 
Follow at Retro Game Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Before each episode, we ask for your memories of our featured game, and we pick the winner from those responses. Now, to kick off this episode, here's Zach to give us a bit of the background, history, and interesting facts about Kung Fu. All right, here we go. So Kung Fu, also known as Spartan X in Japan, is a side-scrolling beat-em-up game released by Nintendo in October 1985, along with the U.S. launch of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, Kung Fu is a port of the hit arcade game Kung Fu Master, which was designed by IREM, a developer best known for the 1982 arcade hit and one of Dustin's favorites, Moon Patrol. Yeah. Right. We know a little bit about that game, right? That's right. Covered it season one. That's right. Uh, One word, parallax. Parallax scrolling. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, IREM also created the popular space shooter series, R-Type. Oh, so, well, there you go. Which is a yeah. shmup. Remember we played uh, Life Force? <laughs> we got to say that word a lot. It was great. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, surprisingly, IRAM was not responsible for the NES port. It was instead programmed by Nintendo R&D 1, Nintendo's oldest development division that was originally headed up by the father of the Game Boy. We've talked about this guy before quite a bit, Gunpei Yokoi. Um, now, Nintendo R&D 1 also gave us hits like Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, and Metroid, to name a few. Other games you've covered, too, in past yep. episodes. Um, now, according to a Polygon article by Jeremy Parrish, Irem expected to port Kung Fu Master to Nintendo's Famicom, but a deal between Nintendo's president and Irem's parent company gave Nintendo the ability to produce the port. And they would do so under the guidance of one Shigeru Miyamoto, who? Of Mario and Zelda fame. Exactly. Mm. Who? Wow. <laughs> um, now, taking a step back, the arcade version, Kung Fu Master, was based on a Hong Kong martial arts film called Game of Death, starring Bruce Lee. Uh, now, sadly, Bruce Lee wouldn't be able to finish filming Game of Death due to his untimely passing in 1973. Um, and I just realized, I, di- I guess I didn't know how old he was when he passed away, but the guy was only 32 years old. Yep, what, a, yep. what a shame. Oh it's terrible. Way too early. Yeah. Well, Kung Fu Master uh, borrowed from the movie's structure featuring the hero fighting his way up through a building one floor at a time. And the game's bosses were also based on some of the movie's antagonists. You get, uh, there's a stick fighter, uh, a giant warrior, who in the movie he was played by uh, basketball legend uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Basketball legend. Hold on a second. He's a legend of star and screen. Oh, didn't no, he win I, like? <laughs> didn't he win like three Oscars for his turn as pilot Roger Murdoch in Airplane? Oh, I Come forgot on. about that guy. I forgot <laughs> about that. That's right. Surely he won a Oscar. Uh, <laughs> he didn't win an Oscar, and don't call him Shirley. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Now, uh, moving on. <laughs> I hold love on, this. Hold on, hold on. But, but, this but this game was from the unfinished Bruce Lee movie. Yeah. So the the game that was inspired by that movie. But wow. just, but stay tuned. There's actually more movie influence in Kung Fu Master. Yes, I mean, but that's a big one. I did. I had no idea. Yep. Wow. Yep. In the movie, you'll see Bruce Lee walking up like the steps to different levels in this pagoda, and they they took that whole look and feel for Kung Fu Master. Is this online? Uh, Can you see it? Uh, Game of Death, you mean the movie? Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, they finished Game of Death using like other actors, from what I understand, like, okay. Poltergeist um, Two style. Yeah, oh. and then, um, but that was actually I was telling Dustin about this last night. In very poor taste, uh, there's a scene in the movie, I guess, where Bruce Lee's character passes away or, and he comes back to life or something like that. Well, apparently, they used film from Bruce Lee's real funeral in the movie. Which shut up. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you mean? <laughs> yeah. That's so no good. And not everybody's happy about that, obviously. So. There's a whole, there's, uh, I'm shook right now hearing this news. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. 
Yeah. Wow. So keep going. I'm sorry to break it up. But, no, no, no. Uh, this is this is a, this is interesting, right? Um, now, while Kung Fu Master was in development, Irem decided to tie the game into yet another martial arts film. Like I was saying, now this time it was the movie Wheels on Meals, starring Jackie Chan, um, and that movie was known as Spartan X in Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. Now. Kung Fu Master would borrow the names of the hero Thomas and his girlfriend Sylvia from Wheels on Meals. So Thomas and Sylvia are the main characters in Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, and in Japan, the, the game would also carry the title Spartan X. So you got the movie Spartan X, you got the game Spartan X. Um, and by the way, the movie Wheels on Meals, it was supposed to be called Meals on Wheels because it's about Jackie Chan and you know his friend, I guess they run a food truck and, and they beat people up. Um, but the, <laughs> the producer, <laughs> that's... The, the synopsis that, that, there's there. the pitch wow. right, yeah, there. right there we're gonna yeah. run a food truck and we beat, beat people, people up, up. <laughs> well, let me guess they were selling knuckle sandwiches oh, there you go hey <laughs> that, by the hey. way that's not in the script there that was a real <laughs> unplanned zinger um but apparently so it's supposed to be called uh meals on wheels not wheels on meals but the producers had two previous movies that were flops and both of those movies started with the letter m and they didn't want to have another movie that started with the letter m so they just flipped it thinkers. Um, so in preparation for this episode I actually watched the movie which you can do it's on Amazon Prime video for free no um, and it was actually a lot more entertaining than I expected like the humor is like way over the top there's a bunch of like non sequitur type stuff um, there's also a fight scene that is recognized as one of the best martial arts scenes of all time hmm. um, there's this one there's this one scene where this they're fighting in this like you know castle and there's candles on top of a table and this one dude kicks so hard that he whiffs the candles out from the with the air from his kick nice and i looked All it right. up and that was actually i read that that was actually not a special effect that this guy that's how fast this guy really kicked in like legit wow. really wow yeah imagine getting that to the face on accident well i'm just right. glad it wasn't a letter from uranus <laughs> You get that kind of a kick oh, on you in Uranus? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right to Uranus. <laughs> right to Uranus. <laughs> I, I dread that being the callback throughout the episode. <laughs> I really do. Kung Fu or right to Uranus. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll come up with it. There'll be a better There'll one. will be a better one. Please, someone. Please, someone. So, yeah, check out uh, uh, Wheels on Meals, not Uranus. Uh, Kung Fu Master. <laughs> Kung Fu Master was created you know someone out there is really disappointed with these jokes you know, like i remember yeah. early in this podcast history tom my friend tom used to help us you know do the audio and we would make these kind of jokes that he would just look at us and oh he, that's just there. shake his head that's there and we yeah. would yeah, we would just keep going you know so <laughs> but that was we part of the you, fun tom. too that, yeah. yeah absolutely we miss you tom and that was part of the fun too saying then looking over at tom <laughs> And getting Tom to laugh. That was like, yeah. that was a serious like bar. If you could make Tom laugh, that was a, he would yeah, not laugh at your I think I did that twice. Yeah. You did? Oh, you I think, yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Well, getting back to Kung Fu Master, um, it was created by a Takashi Nishiyama who would not only find success with Moon Patrol, but he would also go on to join Capcom where in 1987, I don't know what this guy was drinking in 1987, but he would go on a win streak by producing the first Mega Man game. Mm. And he would also create Street Fighter. So the uh, predecessor for uh, to my favorite game of all time, Street Fighter Two, of course. Thought I was shooting um, the moon. Shoot the moon. <laughs> that's another combat. Tying into Moon Patrol, nice. That's a go. deep one. Uh, so I read that the boss battles in Kung Fu Master inspired Mr. Nishiyama to create the head-to-head action in Street Fighter. So 
There you go. You've got a direct connection now between Kung Fu and arguably the most popular game series or fighting game series, I should say, of all time. Yeah. There wow. you go. Awesome. Amazing. Uh, one more quick note about Takashi Nishiyama. After leaving Capcom, he went on to join SNK, where he struck gold again as the creator of Fatal Fury. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, I guess here's, here's another hit, um, which, of course, became a standout fighting series on the Neo Geo system. So, yeah. You want, a, you want a fighting game created, you know who to call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Don't waste your time with the other guys, with the pretenders. Mm-mm. This guy just needed to walk into anybody with his resume and go, yeah, you want a fighting game? I can make one in my sleep. Yep. So basically, all modern fighting games today owe their livelihood yeah. to Kung Fu Master. If you think about it, I mean... This was right? one of yeah, the yeah one of the first beat 'em ups and if you yeah it's like almost like the family tree right you had Street Fighter because yeah. you have Street Fighter you have Mortal Kombat because you had Kung Fu Master you have Final Fight you have Streets of Rage but absolutely yeah this is yeah, like wow. the grand the granddaddy I'm it's impressed. crazy so getting back to the NES version of Kung Fu in the game you play the role of a Kung Fu expert named Thomas who must save his girlfriend from Mister X who is a head of the mysterious X gang all right now Mister X is holding Sylvia Mister X Mister X. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a bad joke. Go ahead. Uh, Is is that a song? No, it's from uh, 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 Arrested Development. Mm. Anytime someone says Mr. X, you hear that Mr. X. There's Mm. like singers in the background. I've never heard. I've never seen that show. Really? You're going to trust you on that that joke? No. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mr. X. That's the thing. That's like one of their callbacks. There you go. That's your job throughout the rest of this episode, by the way. (laughs) Here's another one. Mr. X is holding Sylvia on the top floor of his castle, also called uh, the Devil's Temple in the arcade version. And you'll have to fight your way through his henchmen and floor bosses to reach your goal. Now, the story sounds pretty common, but like we said, it's important to understand that like Kung Fu was the beginning. If we didn't have Kung Fu, we wouldn't have had all these great fighting games or many of them that we got in later years. Mm -hmm. Now, the gameplay of Kung Fu is pretty simple. You walk left to right and can punch or kick while standing, jumping, or crouching. And you work your way steadily to the opposite end of each floor as you fight swarms of enemies, including grippers, who can grab you and suck your life energy. (laughs) Um, There's these uh, tom-tom guys. There's these little men who you must crouch to punch or kick. And there's also knife throwers who can throw knives at your head or feet. The enemies come at you from both sides. So the challenge is in keeping enemies at bay using a variety of attacks. Um, there's only five levels with the boss on each floor, including the stick fighter and the giant that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but there's also a boomerang fighter, a black magician, or some call him a wizard. I just call him a jerk. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about him later, I'm sure, quite a bit. Um, and finally, Mr. X. Mr. X. <laughs> there you go. Let's wait for it. Yeah. Um, and if you can beat Mr. X and beat the game, it loops on a higher difficulty, which, which uh, requires you to change up your strategy to survive. Now, overall, Kung Fu is a simple pick-up-and-play fighter that challenges your reflexes and really never lets up. Yeah. So the music of Kung Fu on NES was based on the arcade soundtrack composed by Masato Ishizaki, and credit goes to the Video Game Music Preservation Foundation as they verified Mr. Ishizaki's work by contacting IRM staff. So they just, they just dialed him up. <laughs> said, hey, does this guy work here? <laughs> or has he worked here? Now, Koji Kondo of Super Mario Brothers fame did have a hand in the NES port, and he has said in interviews that he contributed sound effects. So I'm, like, I'm not sure if he like, was responsible for all of the music or like maybe some of the jingles or just the sound effects, but no matter what, it's still cool to have like Koji Kondo associated with this game. The guy's like yeah. 
yeah, the, the best of the best when it comes to video game music back then. Yeah, yeah. Now, with that, let's hit pause and listen to music from Kung Fu. there you go that was a little bit of kung fu wow you know interestingly thinking about a little bit much more uh the the kind of main kind of uh line that's going through the the level it sounds like moon patrol to me it totally does sound like moon patrol yeah yeah it's got that kind of like that that driving i love that cool good to love that that the that rhythm that has there yeah yeah i like the opening and like level complete jingles like that totally sounds like a koji kondo like other it's very arcade sound. sounding uh, mm-hmm. a little jingle at the end too like yeah it, you know you I'm, I'm i instantly think of pizza and quarters you know? yeah, totally like, for sure yeah sounds like mario it, brothers and that yeah. kind of stuff excite yeah. bike for some reason it brought me oh, into yeah, excite sure. bike a little yeah. bit yeah yeah all right well kung fu would go on to be a smash hit for the nes selling 3.5 million copies wow um and to put that in perspective um, kung fu would outsell metroid Kid Icarus and the original Mario Brothers on the NES around that same time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not surprising. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, now, the success of Kung Fu would help the NES take over the home gaming market in the late 1980s, um, especially when you consider that, you know, it, you had how many amazing games around that same time, right? You had right. Zelda and Mario right. Brothers and all those other games I just mentioned. So Kung Fu just, you know, was one more, you know, feather in the cap of Nintendo at that, at that yeah. point. Um, now, unlike you know Mario and Zelda and, and Metroid and the like, Kung Fu never got a proper sequel in the U.S. Hmm. But we did get some related games, though. Uh, in 1987, a Kung Fu Master sequel was tested in the arcades, but it did poorly. And uh, IREM would then change the game's setting uh, to be more Americanized, like the fighting takes place on the, the streets. And they called it uh, Vigilante. Streets of Rage. Street, they called it, yeah, Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, this game came out in the arcades, and it was the most notable port of, of Vigilante is on the TurboGrafx-16. And um, I have a copy of it. It's okay. It's, it's, not, it's no Kung Fu or anything. Mm. Um, in 1990, there was a Kung Fu Master port for the Game Boy. And this is a mostly, it's mostly an original game and actually looks pretty fun. Some people have said it's a like, super easy game that you almost like, like almost anybody can beat it. So... Oh, I should get a copy. I was going to say it, but maybe you should get a copy. Uh, and in 1991, there was a Kung Fu 2 game released on the Famicom, uh, but that never came to the U.S. I have had my eye on a copy of Kung Fu 2, but it's about 60 bucks or so, which, you right. know, isn't exactly cheap. Right. Hold on, so is that version the Americanized version, or is it a totally different version than it's the one totally they released in the arcades? Yeah, it's a totally different version. So it's really, um, yeah, it's actually it looks like something that would be like released here in the states. It's a different story. It looks like it has a lot more depth than Kung Fu. Um, it looks like a really good. There's cutscenes that kind of look oh. like Ninja Gaiden and stuff. So yeah, it looks like a cool game. I it's still just kind of ripped off. I, that's a game I probably <laughs> would have liked to have played. I mean, yeah, when I was playing this game, I'm like, oh, it's a shame that this never had another one. You know, oh, I okay. could play 10 more levels of this game. 
Absolutely. All right. Sorry, I'll get to that in a little bit. But there yeah. you go. Well, as for the legacy of Kung Fu, it's a popular early NES title, of course, and people love talking about their memories of Kung Fu. Uh, we'll hear some of them later in this episode. Right. Um, we heard a, a ton from people on this. Yeah. And we actually had several requests to cover this game over the years. Yes, we have. Um, but unfortunately, as we said earlier, Kung Fu is not available any, in, on any modern console shop. So we kind of hesitated a little bit. We were wondering if people could play it with us. Um, and it's sad because it does prevent some you know, newer gamers from experiencing this masterpiece. Um, so that, again, like you said earlier, Dustin, yeah. that needs to change. That absolutely. Um, my guess is that there's some like rights thing between Nintendo and IRAM. That's my, my guess. Yeah, that sounds um, probably. Whatever the case, I, you know, we hope to see Kung Fu come to the Switch someday soon. And I'm going to lay it down right here. Hashtag Kung Fu on Switch. Let's get <laughs> it started. There you yeah. go. Okay, that wraps up the history segment. And now to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts. Ridiculously interesting facts. About Kung Fu. What's on? Number one, <laughs> there's a glitch in Kung Fu where you can finish the game without saving Sylvia. It, well, uh, is it a glitch uh, that you can finish the game or is it the, that you can do it without saving her? <laughs> you, you pick, whichever, whichever one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get there. Uh, so <laughs> on the last level, Shocker. if you can manage to get the knife thrower to kill you at the same exact time as walking to the end of the level, the screen will glitch and then show Thomas surrounded by hearts, but with no girl. Okay. And if you do this trick in earlier levels, Thomas will finish the level by walking up invisible stairs. So, but not easy to do. You got to like take a knife in the back right about when you're about to finish the level. So take some practice. But if you want to see the trick in action, check out this, uh, check out a video on YouTube by Mike Matei. He was the first one that I saw to, to post about this trick. Uh, number two, there are some lesser known ways of scoring big points in Kung Fu. So if you, I don't know if you guys knew about this, but if you jump kick the 12th gripper guy on a stage, instead of getting the usual 200 points, you'll actually earn 5,000 points. Whoa. Yeah. And if you get the first 5,000, then you can actually repeat that trick with every subsequent 12th gripper. So you can see how this would like stack up over time. Um, now this trick is not in the manual and I didn't find a lot of talk about it online, but it's a really useful way to stack up those points. And I would guess that whoever comes out on top with our uh, hashtag beach retro game guys competition, I'm pretty sure they would have used this. this yeah. Trick. Oh, yeah. 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 But then you have to count guys. That's true. <laughs> Who wants to do that? You just want to what top people, right? Uh, number three, there uh, once was a well-circulated rumor that you would get to play as Sylvia if you beat the game 50 times in a row. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how far back this rumor goes. This this sounds like some like early internet nonsense, doesn't it? Like right. <laughs> it would just Absolutely. permeate over years. Um, and actually this trick found its way onto quite a few game tip websites, which is why I think some people fell for it. Mm. Um, but a, tw a Twin Galaxies referee named Kelly R. Fluin used a Game Genie, and he actually tested this out, beat the game 50 times to see if the rumors were true, and shocker here, they were not. Mm. Um, the only notable difference is that after you beat the game more than 10 times, you, get, you know you see on the screen on the menu, there's like a little dragon and has a yeah. number next to it that yeah. counts how many times you beat in the game. Um, after the 10th time, the counter just starts to show random graphics, including like you know, parts of your character sprite. Hmm. Um, and by the way, so a, a fast completion of Kung Fu is about five minutes. So even with the Game Genie, somebody would have to play the game for over four hours <laughs> wow. to debunk this rumor. Yikes. So yeah, we appreciate your service, Mr. Fluin. 
Yeah. Uh, number four, speaking of a gameplay time, Kung Fu is one of the shortest games on the NES. So a speedrunner named Slackinator uh, is the current champion. He finished the game, uh, game A, in just three minutes and 33 seconds. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty fast. Um, yeah. and, and Slackinator also has a couple other records. He has the any percentage record for Double Dragon on the NES. And he's ranked number two in the world. In the world. Uh, in the world on Rygar. Okay. Yes. Wow. So he's not just good at short games or easy games. Yeah. He's beaten Double Dragon and he's beaten Rygar too. There you go. So wow. good job, Slackinator. You're not a slack. <laughs> uh, number five, no. uh, Kung Fu is, I, you know what? You guys can't be the only ones to make bad jokes in this episode. Okay. That's I got to I gotta get in on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number five, Kung Fu is a popular game to hack. So I found uh, several playable hack versions, including one that changes <laughs> Thomas into He-Man. Like, All right. <laughs> Uh, a version with uh, like dumbed down graphics to simulate an Atari version. You wouldn't need to go that far. Uh, no, well, yeah, especially because <laughs> there, there is an Atari 2600 version of Kung Fu Master. You could just play that. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a hack where you can play as Sylvia saving Thomas. All right. Um, and lastly, there's one where you play as like totally random Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm all right. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> In the Stone Cold version, like I was actually hoping that like he'd crack a couple beers after each level, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was <laughs> All right, and that was five ridiculously interesting facts about Kung Fu, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold <laughs> says so. Right. <laughs> Dude, we we got to do a wrestling game someday, guys. I'm going to keep yeah. saying it over and over. I want an '80s pro wrestler guest. We're gonna have you know, a whole show. It's coming. You know who we should get? Who? We should get the Iron Sheik. <laughs> yes, he is all you, over have Twitter. You seen his Twitter? Oh, he is yeah. All over Twitter, still talking. I want him smack to come on about here. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and uh, and I want him to come on here and just yell at us for like yeah. an hour. Yeah, just yell at us, tell us how terrible we are. Call us, yeah. call us jabronis and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be fantastic. Let's, wow. let's get, let's oh, make it happen. I think let's we can. I think let's put it out there. He's a uh, yeah retro game guys material. Some one of our listeners also put uh, I posted something about a wrestling game, uh, doing a wrestling game someday, and he said you guys should get hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I was oh, like yeah, that, that's another good one too. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Now let's talk about our memories of playing kung fu back in the day. Uh, I don't have any hashtags Genesis household. None of my NES friends surprisingly nobody i don't remember this game at all uh what? When, really? when you first brought up kung fu i was like oh this is game like i didn't it, but you know you, you're telling me it sold millions of copies i never really saw it back in the day so i have nothing to say here but alex uh why <laughs> yeah. don't you get, <laughs> why don't you yeah, uh, well, tell us about your memories we we talked about doing this game early yeah. on and i purposely said i wanted to hold off on doing this game because I wanted to build up the podcast a little bit more because this is a game we shouldn't just waste right out of the gate because it was, I had a lot of fond memories about this. I remember this game primarily in the arcades. This is one of the games my grandpa had at his burger shop. Oh yeah. And talked um, about that on the podcast a few times. Yeah. And this is one of those games that it's a notorious quarter stealer. Yeah. Um, It's uh, hard, man. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. And there's a game where you, it takes physical exertion because in order in the NES version, to get the grippers off, it doesn't take much movement to just toss them off. But in the arcade version, you had to really, with that joystick, go back and forth. That was how you got them off. 
I just got that joke that I was saying. <laughs> I didn't know I was saying it. But oh, yeah, God. I mean, you had to shake the joystick to get them off. Mm-hmm. That's how you got rid of those grippers when they gripped you. Um, there's no other way to say it. That's what the game you're did. Right. You're not. You're not even trying no, to say no, this dirty no, on purpose. A, but it just—you no. <laughs> had to shake the joystick from left to right super fast, and then they'd uh, get off. So that's just the game. But I remember it being um, like a a, a a game where you you worked up a sweat. Sorry, <laughs> this one it is, and it was a uh, it was. <laughs> It was a lot more fun than like just uh, Miss Pac-Man or something where you just went through the paces because well, yeah, it's like actually it. a thing <laughs> happening, you know? So, yeah. I, good uh, game. Enjoy. Good game. Good game. Uh, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going on mute. <laughs> <laughs> you had to drop the mic there. Oh. You to say oh, yeah. So, good game. Uh, anyway, how about them bears, huh? How about wow. them bears? <laughs> was, yeah, your, hey. was your grandpa watching this whole time? Hey. <laughs> Are you playing this game by wow. yourself? So uh, they mentioned that this would be a good po- uh, spot to to talk to you about my OnlyFans uh, page, right? <laughs> All right, moving yeah. on to Zach. Zach, what, <laughs> oh, what, are your, what are your memories of Kung well, Fu? Apparently, my word is a... My memories were his But that was the arcade game. You, that's when it had instructions yeah, right on the game. This is how you get those guys to release you. So, <laughs> Zach, again. Zach. All right, I'm going to try to memories. get through this. All right. Well, so I also played Kung Fu Master in the arcade. Um, did you I, shake the stick? No, I'm not going to go there. Well, okay. um, so actually, I have a distinct memory of playing this game at the Chuck E. Cheese in San Jose. We've talked yeah. about this place before. Tully Road. Uh, yeah, it was a two-story arcade, huge place. The first Chuck E. Cheese ever, you know? Um, one of my favorite places to go. Um, and uh, yeah, I played this like crazy there and it stole a ton of my quarters. It was super, super difficult. I just remember that as a kid. Mm. Um, but yeah, I actually, now I think about it, I wonder if we'll see Chuck E. Cheese's again. Like, will any, you know, kids have those experiences now with all this stuff going on? No, they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, the couple in my area, they're still around, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they come out of this. I think it all depends on timing and what kind of debt load these places have, but I'm hoping. We're going to have to go to Australia and go to the one there. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that one was called what? Like Charlie Cheese or something like that? I remember whatever episode (laughs) we talked about. I don't remember now, but I do. We did talk about it, but I'm not remembering. That's a deep podcast cut, right? We're gonna have to call our boy uh, Guillermo and and see if he gets that reference. He can look it up for us. The, the archivist, yeah, the archivist, yeah. <laughs> so he, let me just say real quick. So uh, yeah, Guillermo on Twitter, he's been posting some serious like deep cuts about our podcast. Like he asks oh, yeah. us questions about our podcast, like we don't even remember, <laughs> right? So yeah, he's totally the podcast archivist. So. Yeah. Hashtag deep cut, deep cut. So um, as for my memories of playing Kung Fu on the NES, so this was actually one of the few games that I successfully talked my mom into buying me when we were just out out at a random shopping trip. And I actually remember we were at Kmart and I like laid it on thick and I was like, I really want this game. You know, and I pushed her, I pushed her, pushed her and she finally, you know, gave in and, you know, bought it for me. Now Kung Fu actually was a little bit less expensive than other games back then. I looked it up and it said it retail for like around 29 bucks hmm. and it doesn't sound very expensive, but in 1987, like when I bought this game or my mom bought this game, yeah, that would have been the equivalent of like today's uh, uh, like 68 bucks today. Mm-hmm. So it's not, cheap. You know, it's not cheap. So your mom spends 68 bucks on the fly for this game. Like, you know, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So I remember I brought the game home and I beat the game before dinner that same day. And I remember <sighs> she was pissed. Wow about yeah. that <laughs> yeah 
because right. you know here you spend the equivalent of 68 bucks and this kid now beats the game and yeah so he was a, it was a pretty big deal you know but you know mom here i am 33 years later still talking about this game so hit money still well, playing the game spent. right yeah. so there you go um and just one more quick one. So in 1990, I ended up selling most of my NES collection, like boxes and all, to a video game store. Or sorry, to a local video store. Because I was trying to save my money to buy Super Mario Brothers 3, which just had come out. And, uh, and I regretted it. Like I missed this game after selling it. And so like 10 years later, after I had already moved away from the area, I actually went back to this old video store and they still had my original... NES games there. Wow. And the reason I knew that is because I used to pin up my boxes on the wall and all these game boxes still had little pinholes on the back. And so I went to the counter and I asked the guy, I said, Hey, these used to be my games when I was younger. Like, would you sell me these games back? And he totally said, he's like, yeah, I'll sell them back to you. So I bought all those games back. And I still, to this day, my, my copy of Kung Fu has like a little rental sticker still on it from my old neighborhood rental store where like I grew up. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm glad I did it because now all those video stores are they're all gone. They're all gone. And your mom gave it to you. And you played and you played for this podcast on your original copy of Kung Fu then. Yeah. There you go. Full circle. Very cool. Uh, well, so those are some good memories, guys. Uh, well, Zach's were at least. Um, <laughs> no, no, I was you gotta great. shake, you gotta uh, shake a joystick every now and off. again. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm well, let's move on to our <laughs> listeners' do that. memories. Uh, we asked our friends on social uh, media to finish this sentence. My fondest memory of playing kung fu is once again, we got a ton of responses. Thank you so much. So, here are just a few of my favorites. Uh, at tea time games one said. I love the little head bop motion that Thomas does when he jumps. Also the sound when he dies, which I don't get that sound, but it is a cool sound. I don't know what is happening there, though. Uh, But all of this game's audio design, he says, actually is bursting with fond memories. That's really cool. Koji Kondo. There you go. At Rad083, my fondest memory of Kung Fu on NES was playing it at my grandmother's house since my uncle had it. And this one time he connected the audio cable to his stereo and I was just blown away at the sounds of Thomas's kicks, Hiru, punches, hut, and jump kicks, roof, in hi-fi stereo. Nice. <laughs> I do, actually, I, I mean, the, the one of the reasons I picked this memory is I remember the first time my dad hooked up the Genesis to from, from, mm-hmm. the, from the headphone port to his big old, you know, whatever they were, 25 inch technique speakers. <laughs> and it's like you're playing whatever, you know, Sonic in like full stereo sound. Hell in yeah. Like, it was so mind blowing. So turn I, that I dial, to, that big heavy silver dial yeah, on, the, on the receiver. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, at Matthew Wenzel uh, said it was actually the very first game that I bought for the uh, New York City launch. So we had wow. Duck Hunt gyromite and this uh can you guess which one we played the most <laughs> yeah obviously gyromite <laughs> obviously <laughs> no uh um, but, but it's real quick though new york city launch i mean if this he's talking about the original yeah you know, 85 nyc launch that's a that's pretty cool that he got in on the ground floor there it's awesome there you go uh at rad chat 86 said my fondest memory of kung fu is that it was uh one of the 10 or so games i had growing up Used to love ducking and punching the smaller guy square in the face. Uh, also, always thought they were hugging me. Mm. <laughs> they are. They are. And I saw hug. Zach, you talk back to it. And he was like, it, it became like a love fest of like, it's all just hugs around here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, our buddy at Echoplex 420 247. 
Uh, he reached out and said, I loved Kung Fu Master in the arcades. It reminded me of Bruce Lee's Game of Death. Well, there's a good reason for that. Mm -hmm. right? uh, I got the NES Deluxe set at launch, but it would be a long time before I got a new game. Kung Fu would be the third NES game I got. I could finally take a break from Gyromite and Duck Hunt, another one of these. <laughs> uh, I played the hell out of it for months until I got my next game and will never forget learning tips from the older kids on how to beat Mr. X with the leg sweep. Mr. It was X. a glorious day when I, yeah. <laughs> when I beat the game and a no-brainer for me to compete with you all in. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he participated in our score competition again. We'll talk nice. about that in a little bit. At Wolverine Arcade said, my fondest memory was defeating the final level. Level. I remember playing a string of games that I was unable to finish, and then I played Kung Fu. The gameplay was entertaining and challenging without being impossible. I still really enjoy the game. Yeah. And yeah. finally here, at uh, at Basic Gamer Bob, uh, not the NES, but my fondest memory of playing Kung Fu was the first time I saw the arcade version. I was at a roller rink nice. for a party, uh, which you said retro for even the 80s. Roller rinks were dying out then. Yeah. Uh, and the game mesmer mesmerized me. The graphics, the sound, and the fast fighting were so cool. Yep. Uh, yeah. I played a bunch of arcade games at my local roll, uh, roller Heck rink. Yeah, uh, me too. Calskate. Yeah. That's what I, oh, wow. That's mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Calskate over uh, over off of Calaveras Boulevard mm -hmm. in 680. It's now houses. Yeah. Uh, it's now houses. Shockingly. I still drive by there every once in a while, and I still like have fond memories of that place. And yeah. I used to play Crystal Castles and, you know, drink Coke and... Well, there's there's a run, not to get too deep in our personal memories here, but there's a there's a run of spots. One of them's still there, like three exits on a row. There was Splashland, which was mm. like a, a water slide place. Then the next exit was uh, was uh, Calskate, and then the next exit it was and still is Golfland. Mm -hmm. So you just had this run of like fun places to go to that we would hit up all the time because I was uh, where I lived for for most of my kid uh, my childhood. So. But you brought me back, uh, basically, Bob, to the roller rink. And when uh, they would flip the switch and say, all right, time to skate backwards, everyone. And all yeah. that. <laughs> Big memories. Gosh. All right, guys. Uh, now let's talk about our playthrough uh, that we did here over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're looking at four questions again. Was it fun? Was it hard? Would you play it again? And how did you do? So let's get right into it. With how much fun was Kung Fu for you? And uh, and why? So, Alex, start with you again on this one. How much fun? Uh, lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah, I I when I turned it on, I was a little disappointed because in the arcade you have this whole. Um, uh, well, yeah, story. you love the arcade, so. Well, you know, listen, yeah. you jiggle a couple of uh, joysticks, <laughs> yeah. you know, for money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> things happen pretty quickly, but um, look what you did. Look what you <laughs> that's did right. But uh, no, there's a whole like pre-story to the to the video game and stuff, and uh, I missed a lot of that with the NES version, which no big deal. But I would have liked if they had, I mean, done the little extra work and put that in. But uh, yeah, because in the arcade, it starts with like you know Sylvia getting you know, kidnapped. Getting kidnapped. And there's, a, there's a ransom. There's a whole thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's very much like it sets the stage, and then all of a sudden you're it's a it's a you know Bruce Lee movie, Liam Neeson movie, you know whatever get my uh get my family back so um i was missing that but man i love this game as soon as the game uh, uh turned on and i started throwing punches and started throwing kicks and started to hear those sound effects i was uh back in it man it was uh it was awesome so i loved it yeah yeah i'll go next and say i i had i had a pretty good time on this game i i would say for a black box game 
uh, especially, you know, one of those early games in the system, something that I never, I don't have any nostalgia for. I was kind of curious if I would enjoy it or not. Uh, and I did, I, I thought, uh, that it was, uh, uh, something that, that, uh, really kind of hooked, hooked me enough. Right. So the, there's, it, it has that thing we've talked about before that where games just start and slap you in the face right away. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they start super challenging and, and, you know, you know what? By the time I, I am not good at these type of games and I didn't I didn't, you know, do anywhere near what I've seen some of the listeners do. But I was telling Zach last night by the by the uh, uh, by last night, I could get through the first level almost every time. Uh, no damage. Right. So yeah. you mm-hmm. you can even though I'm not great at this game and I didn't do as well as anybody else, I still could do. I, I had like triumphs as I was going. Mm-hmm. So I had a blast. I had a, I had a lot of fun. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy you guys, uh, pushed this game because as I said, it has no, no memories for me and, and, and I, I would have never pushed for it, but I'm glad we did it. There you go. All right. So Zach, how much fun? Tons of fun. This yeah. game, as far as like NES games is concerned, like this is in my top five. Like I've been okay. playing this game oh, for sure. off and on ever since I had a Nintendo as a kid, right. Or an NES as a kid. So, yeah. um, but one thing happened playing this game this time around was, because we're playing it for the podcast, you got to kind of push it a little bit harder. You know, we've talked about this before. You got to dig a little deeper for tricks and tips and, 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 and an edge, right? Especially with our hashtag beat retro yeah. game guys competition. Right. Right. Um, and what I, and what I discovered was there's sort of a game inside a game. The, this is a quick pick up and play game. In fact, if you're looking for like an arcade style pick up and play game on the NES, like don't look any further. This is one of the best, if not the best pick up and play game on the NES, maybe next to super Mario brothers, um, and arguably yeah, maybe think, one of like Donkey Kong, yeah, Pac-Man, this game, Kung Fu, yeah, exactly. That, like, these are the ones. Yeah. This is this is it, right? Um, but when you dig a little bit deeper, what you find is there are there's a deep strategic, like there's a deep strategy game underneath the surface. Like there's a lot going on, and you'll hear about that a little bit more when we get into our competition. And when I yeah. got to that level. I had even more fun because there was a level of challenge that I never even knew existed before. And, and I just, I just found myself appreciating this game so much more after playing it for more than 30 years. And that to me is the mark of a super fun game. This is why we need to go back to that hashtag, you know, Kung Fu on switch, right? Because everyone needs to play the stinking game. Like what the heck? There you go. I, I I couldn't agree more. So, and let's go to our next question and talk about how challenging Kung Fu was. And Zach, I'm going to go right back to you here. Uh, would you say the challenge of Kung Fu is easy, medium, hard, or extreme, and why? Um, I would say medium. So you don't fight the controls in Kung Fu. The controls are super tight. Mm. Um, there's <laughs> a bunch of different types of enemies that you can learn how to defeat them pretty quickly. Um, the bosses don't take that long to kind of figure out most of the bosses anyway. Um, so you're, you're, there's challenge in the game, but it's the, cha- it's the actual game design that you're fighting against, not the, not the controls, right? So that's, that's welcome because some of the games we played, like it's just you spend half the time figuring out how to get you know, your character to work correctly. Um, there is a couple of very challenging parts in the game, though. They're, the fourth level or stage is one of them. Um, yeah. There's uh, poisonous moths on that floor. There is the, the black magic guy, the black magician guy that we've talked about. Um, he is a jerk. He has like 40 attacks. Like I'm only barely exaggerating there, by the way. Um, there was one post I did on Twitter. I listed all the things that he can do. Um, and he, I bet you, you know, millions of people have lost their games on that level, but you know, with perseverance and again, kind of getting to that deeper level of strategy, 
you can beat this game fairly quickly and then come back for more in the second loop. So I think the challenge is, is totally fair. There you go. Alex, your uh, thoughts on the challenge, easy, medium, hard, extreme, and why? Yeah, so the challenges are, I think, medium as well. Yeah, I mean, it's fun because I think the reason people keep coming back to this game is because it's easy enough to learn. Just like you, Dustin, you're able to almost get through the entire first level without taking any damage. But at the same time, if you keep going further and further in the game, oh, my God, there's these snakes, and now there's dragons that come out of balls, and now there's a wizard, and now there's a, mm-hmm. a, a big green Abdul-Jabbar guy that punches a hole right through my chest, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, this game still has surprises. And even though it it, it looks easy, um, the further and further you get in the game, especially if you do one loop, um, like, you're in it. Like, you're all bought in, and you might as well be Bruce Lee yourself fighting these guys because I don't know if it happened to you guys, but it happens to me when I play this game. The music, the sound effects, mm-hmm. like I'm in my own headspace and I'm seeing all this stuff happen and I'm like in this game. Heck yeah. Um, I mean, and it's one of the, I for the time, I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, but for the time, I want to say like, this is one of the only Asian themed fighting games there were back then. There wasn't yeah. any yeah. other Asian themed video game back then. Certainly Even though they were all made in Japan. Well, certainly fewer but, in the U.S., yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but US, for the yeah. U.S. audience, you know, it's 1980-whatever. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Karate Kid was really big. You know, you're still in the 80s, and it's like, dude, it doesn't get better than playing yeah. this game almost for me. So, yeah, the challenge is great. I, I loved everything about it. The bosses are challenging and fairly easy to, to, to get through, but uh, on the NES version specifically, uh, the D-pad gets in my way a little bit. I would have liked I missed the joystick. I'm going to go back to it. I missed the joystick <laughs> action uh, of mm-hmm. the original arcade game. Um, but it was nice, by the way. I did try it with the joystick. Yeah. Um, I have the Capcom fighter stick and it yeah. has like the nice clicky micro switch based joystick. Um, and so I did, and I have the, the NES adapter for it. And it, I actually did almost as good as I did with the D pad playing it just yeah. for the first time. And it was pretty, it was pretty satisfying. Yeah. All right. And to the challenge like, you know, it's not too, you don't have too many complicated uh, Kung Fu moves in this game. Oh, no, not was, at all. I was thinking like, yeah. is this game missing something? Would it be cool if you were able to pick up a knife and throw it back? Or would it be able to, if you had nunchucks in the, in the level, would that be cool? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't feel the same though, if that was the yeah. case. You, yeah. would, you would lose the simplicity of it. So I think it's perfect. Yeah. So we're going to my, my thoughts here on uh, how challenging Kung Fu was. I, I'd say medium to hard. Uh, I, I disagree with Zach a little bit about uh, the controllers. Uh, this game is, you know, well, with part, part part of being my fat finger is that it's too easy to jump or crouch. Yeah. Uh, it's very loose on that. So I found myself uh, actually jump kicking, trying to jump kick one of the little dudes and that jumping you know, like, into knives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the fact that you can only jump or punch or kick so yeah. you can you can't do an action at the same time like you can't move sorry you you can you can uh, can't go left or right uh, and do actions so it kind of freezes you up uh, which is part of the strategy of the game um, but I would say medium to hard uh, mostly because like I said it changes difficulty it has easy parts it has harder parts um, it, it it has the satisfaction of being able to get through a level and replenishing your life I really appreciate that I yeah, multiple that nice. times got to the end of the level with 
I couldn't even see the life. I think I was at zero or one percent, right? And I got through, and it's like, all right, well, I can start this next level fresh. So, oh, imagine yeah. if you, if imagine if you could collect the heart on the way yeah. on some of these levels. Oh, great, uh, that would be helpful. right. As long as the heart actually meant to health and yeah. Castlevania. Um, and but I will say, I found a way to make the game the challenge of this game extreme, and that is in the midst of your run, buy a new TV and forget to change it off of game mode or to change it on to game mode. Oh. Uh, so I forgot about the whole new TV lag crap. And yeah. I was I was plugged this in and I was going and I'm like, I can't play this game. It's, it's uncontrollable. <laughs> My garbage. hands don't work. Yeah. Right? No. And I'm like, I'm trying to jump and like, and the guy jumps after I get hit and everything. And I'm like, what is going on here? And I threw the con controller down in frustration. Nice. Went to bed. The next day, I don't know. I woke up and it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, dummy input lag you got to go set that switch and sure enough i get in there uh so when i was doing it there i couldn't get through the middle of level one Jeez. and and i and i switched it over and the first run through i beat the first level and died somewhere on the second level i was like there you go okay that made all the difference in the world so please yep. remember if you buy yourself a new modern tv turn <laughs> on the game mode make sure you yeah. get the processing the the processing the tv does on that signal down to as minimum as possible Otherwise, it's unplayable. This well, but game, again, another yeah, reason to push it to the Switch, right? Right. Yep. Right. Or or buy a CRT, which I know not everyone's going to do. But this game, right. yeah, great. Zach, talk to my wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. I did tell you. I texted you Dustin yesterday. I was like, Alex, I told him. I said, I do have this 13-inch CRT that, like, it's <laughs> it is you know it's pretty small. It's got a handle on the top and everything. You nice. could have it, like. Sure, you could put yeah. it in a box somewhere. Wouldn't piss off yeah. you too much. I, I, yeah, I got to figure a way to make that kind of like a sneaky, uh, you know, like a chest yeah. in the chest in the garage or something. Exactly. Because for games like this, this would be worth playing it on that tiny screen to actually get that level of responsiveness. Yeah, yeah. Limp would like would kill you in this game. Uh, there you go. All right. Well, all that uh, I think it goes out without saying, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Would we play Kung Fu again, Alex? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Zach. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Dustin, even the hashtag Genesis household guy who's never touched this game in his life and had struggles with lag and all sorts of different things. Uh, I would absolutely play the heck out of this game again. It was fun times, especially if it comes to something or if I have a CRT or something where I can cut that lag even down more, maybe I can improve on my score. I'll drop and it off. let's finish with that big question. How did you guys do? Our score competition rules for Kung Fu were this. Play with the default game A difficulty until you lose all of your lives. Highest score wins and no uh, restriction on looping. You can just keep looping around. Uh, so I'll I'll start us off here because I am the uh, resident hashtag Genesis household. I'm going to guess I probably didn't do as well as uh, the other guys. Uh, I, I, I had a good time doing it. Like I said, uh, I had some big struggles getting through the first part of the second level for a while. Uh, just with all that like coordination, jumping and hitting the moths and avoiding the dragon and avoiding the, the frogs, but or, um, frogs or the no snakes. <laughs> frogs. Make, I'm making up new enemies for the game. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. So, drinking? uh, yeah, nothing yet. Uh, so, uh, I'm kind of stuck there for a while, but then I kind of broke through that again. I had this, this game kind of came in waves for me where I would get stuck on something and keep chewing on it and then get through that and then never have a problem with that again. So I, yep. I've struggled with the beginning, the end of the first level, never had a problem with that again, then can consistently beat the first level, not, not losing any lives. Um, so I kept stacking up. I actually put in quite a few hours of this game. Um, I, uh, I would uh I never got past the magician on the oh, first run through. Mm -hmm. So I I I probably got to him, I don't know, probably 10 times. 
uh, and couldn't get through. Could just couldn't couldn't do it. Um, and based on what I'm hearing from everybody else, that's the point where people failed. You know, on whatever loop that they failed on, that's where they failed. So yep. I don't feel bad that the guy who's never played this game is not a you know a, a kind of platformer fighter guy. Uh, I failed it at the first level, uh, first loop of it, and that was sixty-seven thousand nine hundred and sixty. All, right, um, all right, I cracked sixty thousand. Basically, my my run throughs would would end in the sixty thousands, and that was my eyes. Well, rate. you didn't miss anything with Mister X. Mister X, <laughs> the guy's not exactly the best. He doesn't even look like Mister X. He looks like uh, like Dale from the local video store. <laughs> that, that's true. Because <laughs> I because Mister X for me is Streets of Rage, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking the big guy in the suit. No. With this a guy's Tommy wearing a corduroy vest. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alex, let's move on to you. Uh, how far did you get and what was your score? Sure. Yeah. I did better than I thought I would. I got to the third loop. I Whoa. finished two levels. Jeez. Um, and my score was 289,290. And I did know the count 12 guys and do a high kick to get that 5,000 points. Wow. And I did have to Google and get some tips and tricks on how to kill the uh, the wizard and all that other stuff. And man, I I think I got stuck on the wizard on the second loop twenty times. I mean, yeah. that yeah. was that was the hardest one because it's not you're not just with loops. You're not just uh, uh, fighting the boss. Now you're fighting the boss and other characters still coming to get you so right you know more knife guys are coming to get you or more so rippers are coming to get you so yeah. it's just like where again did you say you stopped on level f- on the third i loop? was i was on the third loop in the first round and uh yeah the first round first yeah, floor. Finished the first gotcha. level yeah okay yeah. let's uh move on to mr zach i think we're all waiting with bated breath uh, yes. what, how did you do here Yes, so I would normally be able to beat this game maybe twice. That was like when I would just play it before we you know, picked it up this time around. Um, but I had to try to do a little bit better than that this time. So uh, I realized quickly that the, the unlock was the wizard or the, the magician guy mm-hmm. um, and the third level boss, the giant, because both of those guys, those are the guys I died on the most, right? The rest of the game just felt easy to me. But like... Every other time I die on one of those two bosses and it was like, man, if I could just figure those two guys out, I'll be, you know, golden. But I'll say that I, I got maybe up to about a 75% win percentage on those guys, but there's still a bit of randomness that I couldn't get past. Right. So like that, like the giant guy, like sometimes he punches, sometimes he kicks. And if he punches you, you can duck underneath it, wail on his stomach, knock him out like within seconds. But on those later loops, my God, he hits you twice. You're dead. And he'll kick you so fast twice that it's like you have no chance. And I don't know how to trigger him not to do that. It's just, you're just, it take kind of roll the dice. Same thing with the, the, the um, magician guy. Like I found one strategy that works really well. Like you walk up, you get a certain specific distance in front of him and you can kick his first projectile attack. And then you get in on him and you hit him in the stomach. But if you hit him in the stomach too fast, he'll disappear and you'll freeze. And then the gripper guys will come. And then they grip yeah. you and then you're dead, right? Yeah. So I found that if you you kick his projectile, you squat down, you hit him three times but in or four times in slow succession, so you kind of do like a Mississippi in between, psh, 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 then you can drop him. What? But some, But yeah, but sometimes he wow. retreats. Sometimes he throws a lower projectile. You know, sometimes you get the knife guy throwing stuff at you. 
you know, and so there's again, there's this randomness. And that you like, could you could kick his fireballs and they'll, you kick his work. fireballs. I yeah, there's actually a few things that I again playing the game thirty years. I didn't know until I played it this time around. You can kick those dragons for two thousand points each. No idea you could do that yeah, years ago. I knew that. You can when those little Tom Tom guys they jump and they hit you in the head. Yeah, you can like you can if jump. you if you don't squat down too early, they usually don't jump. And if they do, if you jump, you can get like four hundred yeah. points on them or kick them. Um, but yeah, the but wizard guy, you just got to kind of get but in. Those wizard tips are 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 priceless because I mean, uh, that's the hard guy. That's, the guy. that's the that's hardest the hardest guy in the whole yep. in the whole game. That's yeah. the guy. And then wow. I found something else with him is that he. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he'll duplicate himself. Yeah. So if you if you take too long to beat him, he'll create another a clone of himself. So there's two a holes, and you can't at you. hit the first one. <laughs> and the first one, uh, everything will be ineffective. You'll punch yeah. right through him, and you have All to right. go fight the second guy. So yep. yeah, it's amazing. It's just All insane. right, Zach. So where are you at? Where'd you go? Would you land at? Where were you in the loops? And what was your score? So I had a super game one early morning. I got up and I, I don't know what was in my coffee, but I actually beat the game four times in a row. Um, and I got all the way back to that magician on the, I guess the fifth loop. Fifth loop, yeah. Wow. And dude, it was like, don't even try it. Those moths fly so fast. The wizard's not messing around. He had full health, just killed me right away. Wow. So, but yeah, four times. My final score was uh, 716,230. Wow. 716,230. Yeah. Above the okay. savage scale. Yes, above the, yeah. So there you go. So you beat Fred Savage. I did beat Fred Savage. Congratulations. That was a thing. So our listeners know that um, <laughs> one of our listeners had posted um, that Fred Savage was profiled in Nintendo Power, and he said his greatest gaming accomplishment was beating Kung Fu three times. I think it was, and he got back to the um, magician yeah. on the fourth fourth loop. loop. Yep. So yeah. then that turned into this whole Twitter conversation around like now it's beat. Hashtag beat, beat retro game guys and hashtag beat Fred Savage. Beat Fred yeah. Savage. I mean, that's the Savage scale. I think for this game, that's master, right? Yeah. I mean, that's your master scale. So if, you, right. you're, if you're above the Savage scale, then you are a Kung Fu master. Yeah, I'll take it. We'll you know. keep the Savage yeah. scale in mind, but the original competition was score. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna rank based on that, but we'll keep that Savage score Correct. in line. It's time to see if any of our listeners can beat the retro game guys at Kung Fu. So thank you to all of our listeners who sent us their playthroughs by using the hashtag beat retro game guys. I got to say this was by far the most yeah. active and competitive beat really? retro game guys score competition oh, yeah. we've ever had. Really? Wow. Oh, my Even gosh. With how hard it was to find the game? No, oh, yeah. Uh, wow. Zach and I have spent uh, in numerous uh, conversations amongst all of our, our regular listeners on this game, talking about strategy, talking about just all sorts of random things and just getting score after score. I think That's high awesome. 209 sent in like five different scores. He's like, oh, I got here. Oh, no, I got here. So it mm -hmm. was it was <laughs> awesome. It was great to see. Well, this game um, is the perfect score battle game. It's like the because it's quick game. It's, you know, it, yeah. everyone from all skill levels can play it. So yeah, it was it, it definitely worked. All right, guys. So here's what we got. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it down. Who uh, I beat one of our listeners. What? So uh, 20 years before, wow. uh, didn't quite beat me. He got 64,590. So I was able to pull out a win on one listener by by 2,000 points. So yay me. Uh, close, but I'll take one win. I got one. Uh, let's now. <laughs> so now let's talk about the listeners who uh, uh, Alex beat. Uh, so oh, yeah. there's a bunch of listeners that posted six digit scores, but did not quite get to that 289,290, uh, level, uh, which includes Derek Hellstorm, 
uh, high 209, Jcast 6502, and Larry White. Uh, their scores all range from 106,000 to about 242,000. So nice. Really good scores, guy. Didn't, didn't quite get to Alex. Nice. Uh, so we have six people that uh, uh, got ahead of Alex here. So Mr. Half Pint uh, ended up with a score of 30, 336,070. So that was just a little bit above you. Um, our fifth place competitor, uh, Guillermo S., who not only uh, sent us his own score, uh, but he got his wife and, and child <laughs> involved that. also. Uh, Guillermo's daughter scored 15,000. His right. wife got 25,000. So, hey, actually, there's a couple more I beat, right? I beat, yeah. I beat <laughs> his, I beat his uh, child, right? And so, but Guillermo managed to pull out a score of 361,000. Uh, Basic Gamer Bob landed at 503,800 points in fourth place. Wow. Uh, said while he didn't get as far in the game as Fred Savage, he did get to the <laughs> third music, music, musician, his third <laughs> magician. Uh, he also shared that his score, uh, quote, was accomplished with my nine-month-old daughter sitting on my arm and occasionally grabbing the controller. Mm -hmm. Dude, not not only is that fan, like a fantastic like uh, difficulty challenge for yourself, but that takes me right back to the, I've talked about my World of Warcraft days with my kid on my chest while I'm battling. Mm -hmm. So there you go. It took me right back. Yeah. Uh, third place goes to Echoplex 420 24/7. He pulled that in with his run of 536,280 points. So awesome job. Great job there. Oh, I'm still standing. I'm still standing, guys. Still standing. Uh, so let's look at our second place score here. Score a score. Sore Thumb Collector, who I'm pretty sure created a Twitter account just to compete <laughs> he, here. He did. I remember he was on Twitter a long time ago and he right. was exclusively Instagram, but like this was too much for him. He had to come and, and uh, make my life difficult. Right. So he got himself to that fourth music. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> the fourth music. The fourth musician. Yeah. So he got himself to that fourth that magician uh, with an amazing score of 784,970. Oh. And Zach's score falls <sighs> with a Fred Savage tie. But a Fred wow. Savage tie, but still, I know. Both above so the you, Savage scale. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you, well, he, no, didn't, he, beat you know, he didn't beat Fred Savage. He, he tied him. So Zach is yeah. still, Zach's score has okay. fallen, but he's still, <laughs> he's still got the uh, Fred Savage score going. Yeah, I got so, further in the game than, than Sword Thumb Collector, basically. You're, yeah. you're right. Right. So that was a crazy score, but not enough to take the crown this time. Our top score comes in from a past guest on the show, mm. fighting game aficionado Steven Kleckner. He scored a whopping 880,050 points. Really? Holy. Wow. Yeah. Um, but... He too died on the fourth magician and did not beat Fred Savage and, and Zach got what? further in the game than him. Yeah. So hold on. Uh, so the only person to beat Fred Savage mm -hmm. was Zach. Zach. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. But Stephen Collector we put in a lot of time in this game he to did. get that score. I he think did. anyone that either ties or beats Fred Savage should be able to call themselves Fred Savage. <laughs> and I'm not going to give right. you that nickname because I think that's too classy for you, Zach. So, <laughs> Thank you. so these other and, guys uh, want to use them. it. Fred yeah, Savage. go for it. You're Fred Savage in my book. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. What, I can't what believe I found no one beats you. Yeah. Unbelievable. What I found Kinda. interesting is, is that... Uh, uh, as amazing as that score is, Stephen was a bit mad about it, right, yeah. Zach? Yeah, he totally was. Like, he... Like, he um, He's playing mind games with me a little bit because he he was talking about Fred Savage would do that. He would, yeah, he, he totally <laughs> would. 
uh, he's talking about getting to that million point threshold and um, he just got obsessed with getting there. In fact, um, he kept posting you know, the, the, his progression. And there was one point where I think I got to that 716 and I was like, and because I had put it like 600,000, 650 and I had this magical run, got to 716 and I literally put the controller down, walked, picked up my phone and looked at it and he just had posted his like 800K. I was like, you <laughs> SOB, like I just had a game of my life, you know? And But he was obsessed about getting to the million. That wasn't good enough for him. So um, at, once he put up his final score, I think it was yesterday, he posted a 15 post thread slash rant where he laid out, which is basically, he laid out basically what's a like a mini strategy guide. Like he talked about the fact that, and I didn't know this, but the game actually has dynamic difficulty. So you guys remember like Strider had where the game actually gets harder based on how good you're doing. So he huh. found out the game actually has that feature. He broke out all the different point bonuses you get when you finish the level based on how much health you have. He broke out the 5K like point bonus and all the like the the variables that are still in that, like with level two and four, where you can use moths to count up to the, you know, the the 15 or the 12 or whatever. Really? So he went into some crazy detail and uh his last point closes or last post closes with he says, I have other data like damage stats and little quirks, <laughs> timing things that don't necessarily relate to points, but they seem like cool stats. But this is the most of my point related stuff. I couldn't reach nine nine hundred ninety nine thousand ninety nine though. The point based difficulty ramp kept my score exploits in check. And uh, Stephen also said that he's actually thinking of creating a real strategy guide with his own original artwork too. So I'm in. You should do it, Stephen. That sounds awesome. I'd buy yeah. one. You know what? We've dude? inspired him. That's fantastic. Yeah, that guy's Fred Savage. I'm gonna say it. He's <laughs> no, Fred Savage. No, no, no. He's it's done only the work. There's only. Now, one. Got that far. He's done the work, dude. He's going to put together a, a little strategy guide. You got to give it up to him. I mean, That's awesome. You know, he, well, he does get a lot of respect. And you know what? I'm proud. If I'm going to not beat a couple of guys losing yeah. to Sword Arm Collector, the guy who, again, like, you know, what he's pay, played like Life Force for like 25 days straight, like 24 yeah. 7. Right. And, and, and a, uh, a Street Fighter master, like, yeah. Stephen Kleckner. So yep. hats off to you guys. Yeah. Congrats Absolutely. again to, to those guys. Uh, and you can say you beat. The retro game guys, all of us. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's I hope everybody good, had fun. That was amazing. This had this was a lot of fun, and we did hear that from a lot of people that they had yeah. tons of fun playing this game with us. And um, this was kind of the original. Dustin, you remember we talked about this way early in the podcast, right? Yeah, that, Alex brought that life. up too. Yeah, yeah that this we wanted people to play along, and you know, we we kind of got there with this. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. That was an original idea of the podcast that that we would have score competitions, but we needed to have a following, and and we do now, and we appreciate and love all of you guys for participating and playing along and we're uh, uh we're going to keep this going um i'm so, glad yeah. we waited for this for yeah. for like the third season to do this game you know yeah absolutely what a, what a nail biter ending right it was kind of like wow. like i got the furthest but i lost on points and yep. Yep. fred savage is laughing and yeah all that stuff Love it. <laughs> there you go Fred's all right guys gosh. now it's time to head over to collector's corner zach right. over to you all right well as we talked about, Kung Fu is an NES launch game, so they come in those really neat, iconic black NES boxes, um, which as a collector, you just they're so irresistible because they all have this uniform look to them, um, but they're expensive, right? So if you, if you want a complete box copy of Kung Fu, you're looking at anywhere from 60 to 80 bucks on the mm -hmm. low end, and some of those other black box games get way up in the hundreds and multiple hundreds, so it's, it's uh, no joke if you want to collect those. 
Um, if you want a box from one of the very first manufacturing runs of Kung Fu, like one of our listeners when he was talking about that New York City launch, yeah, um, those early copies, they had a round like sticker that held the box lid shut. Those copies run up, run at like 250 bucks and up. So they're, they kind of get up there. And of course they go way up based on condition. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, as we said earlier, if you just want a loose copy of Kung Fu, you can grab it for about 10 bucks. So, and you, you know, should, that's good. Yes. And you should, everyone should get one. Um, okay. Well that's collecting. That's the basics of collecting. And now to move on to our crazy collectible of the month, Alex, are right. you ready to hear about some craziness? Yeah. I haven't um, looked. Good. You shouldn't. Uh, so after the success of the NES, Nintendo released the play choice 10, an arcade cabinet that played up to 10 NES games. Alex, did you ever mm. see one of these in the arcades? I did not. Somewhere? No, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, so this was just another way that Nintendo would make some cash back in the day. So you'd put a you'd put a quarter in, and you could pick from one of ten of those NES games to play. And the cool mm-hmm. thing was, you could play as many games as you wanted. It's just you're you're buying time essentially. Mm-hmm. So oh, if, interesting. Yeah. So if you, you know if, what, um, now yeah. that you're saying it, I bet you I did see one because that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. They had like a little joystick, and I mean yeah. they were um, they're kind of everywhere actually. They yeah. they're pretty popular in the arcades, and so. Um, you could play games that maybe your friends didn't have and, you know, kind of experience a new uh, NES game and then go bug your mom to buy it for you. There you go. Um, now, they did make a version of Kung Fu for the Play Choice 10. It's slightly different than the NES version. It just has a different color palette. That's due to the Play Choice having a slightly different uh, video chip than the NES. And there's, there was a screen that would show game hints, which the NES uh, version didn't have. Um, and then I forgot about this. So I saw a picture the other day. Actually, some of those Play Choice 10 arcade machines had two screens. So it was like the punch out hmm. arcades. So the, the play screen on the bottom and then like the tip screen on the top. Okay. Hmm. So um, Alex, if that's getting you excited and you want to go buy that Play Choice 10 version of Kung Fu, the, right. the game board itself is going to cost you over a hundred bucks. Okay. But because you're going to need a Play Choice 10 system, of course, to play it on, it's going to run you at least $2,000 in good condition. Wow, and then you still have say nine more empty game slots. So yeah. now add hundred bucks ish per game. Now huh. it's going to run you a few dollars to have a fully yeah. loaded play choice ten over three grand. It's a problem. Wow, yeah. That's and then they had cool. the yeah, it's cool, but yeah, it's, it's costly. And then um, they even had I saw on eBay they have these little toppers that used to go on top of the play choice, like little signs that would advertise the game that's yeah. uh, that you're playing. And they did actually someone is selling a kung fu like sign oh really yeah 70 bucks remember it has that. like a little yeah. jump kicking guy and it says nintendo on it. it's really really yeah. cool like almost i almost did it but it's kind of crazy um I, I think though for this one i would want just the standalone kung fu game oh the kung fu master you mean like yeah the, the kung fu master game the yeah. original and that's arcade. probably 1500 bucks ish if you found one on a craigslist or something like yeah. that probably but yeah, so, but anyway, if anyone owns a Play Choice 10, it would love to hear what you think about it. Hit us up on our socials. Yeah. So there you go. Play Choice 10 version of Kung Fu. That's our crazy collectible of the month. Cool. Awesome. Now it's time for our monthly gift card giveaway. This month's winner is Echoplex 420 right. hey, He's dude. been uh, following us for a while and is an awesome guy. Uh, most recently, he com- commented on Twitter saying, you've connected me with many other great people on Twitter. Love what you guys are doing. Yeah, so congratulations, Echoplex. You got yourself a $25 right. gift card to your favorite console. 
And let me tell you what, finding great people on Twitter is not easy. Okay? So, <laughs> so, there's at least three. Yeah, okay? there is. There is. <laughs> and they have like something like 12, 20 quadrillion users. There's at least three good ones. Yeah. Uh, and they all listen to our podcast. That's Every right. single damn one of them. <laughs> all right, guys. Now it's time to share what's coming in our next episodes. Uh, before Christmas, we'll be releasing our special interview with Warren Davis, uh, who is the creator and programmer of the arcade classic Qbert and worked on many games that we played in the arcades growing up, including Mortal Kombat, nice. Terminator yeah. 2, the arcade game, Revolution X starring Aerosmith, and the game I beat Zack in at an arcade once. Uh, what? Narc. Prove it. What? <laughs> Narc? It's, it's not an official beat, but I did end up with a higher <laughs> score at the end of our play. There's a future episode. It's, it, the double header, Dustin's going to be... You and I playing uh, Narc and then Freeway on the Atari 2600. Yeah. That was another one that you and I, I think we tied on that one. We, we tied. We tied. Time. We, yeah. we, we yeah. came down to a tie. It was fantastic. Um, Warren uh, also was inducted into the International Video Game Hall of Fame in the same class as other friends of the pod and earlier interviewees, Howard Phillips and Mr. Pitfall, David Crane. Oh, you mean wow. the uh, co-founder of Activision? Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's, that's right. Deep cut. That's another Ash deep cut. <laughs> Uh, yeah, log Warren, that one, Guillermo, in the scrolls, yeah, right. in the retro game guys' scrolls <laughs> of memory. Right. In the archives. Um, Warren also has a book uh, uh, called You Can't Call It or whatever that Qbert swearing noise is, mm -hmm. uh, which is up on Barnes & Noble and other places. Um, and after that interview, we'll be working on a special New Year's Eve episode where we uh, just might invite some friends yeah. and have some fun celebrating the end of this crazy year, have kind of a little yeah. bit of a party going on a, yeah. on a podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for details on that. We're still working them out. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm looking forward uh, to that. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Uh, so for our next regular episode in January, we'll be playing Warren Davis's hit Qbert because... Cool. Uh, how could we not? <laughs> nice. Uh, it, it's a classic game, and we just we're talking to the programmer of it. Uh, it's it. one of the most recognizable game characters of all time, and uh, we're gonna try it on a bunch of different ports. Yeah, like you can uh, uh, emulate the arcade game or find a machine. There, I have the twenty, the Atari twenty six hundred, and ColecoVision versions of it. Um, we know that Warren was somewhat fond of the. ColecoVision port, so that's a pretty yeah. good one to try. The only the only port of the game I think I have is there. The, there's a newer iOS version that has a like classic mode. Yeah, uh, so oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. But I, I I obviously will try to dig out uh, a, a real retro version of it. But at least I'm gonna also try that one out. Yeah, yeah, and this is the first uh, episode where. Um, we'll actually have the programmer help us vet our facts, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> if, if we if we don't get it right, he'll, this guy will tell us we're we're not getting it right because like he was there for the history. So exactly, he made the history. Oh, well, so no yeah. no Japanese uh, pronunciations for you next time around. Is that what? Oh I mean? yeah, I got off easy. This no, but like, oh. you know what? I was thinking during this episode, and and you brought you bringing me back to it. I want to say I want to give Zach some kudos because uh, oh, yeah. in our first season, <laughs> Zach and Japanese games were like oil and water. Japanese names were like oil and water. He could not get them mm -hmm. out of his mouth to save his life, and I I, I barely caught one little stumble. You are you you've got these down, man. I'm, no, I'm proud down. of you. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> well, back to Qbert. We, uh, we'd love you all to play along with us again. This isn't going to be, I think, a, the kind of epic battle uh, of, of Kung Fu, but it, we should still be able to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, for this time, we're just going to ha have you, you pick whatever version of Qbert you want to play, post cool. some pictures with your score, chat us uh, up on Twitter uh, using the hashtag uh, BeatRetroGameGuys. Tell us how you did. 
I think we'll have a blast. Cuber's got a the fun quirkiness to it that I think it'll yeah. be a, a fun conversation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. you said this guy has a book that people can buy, right? At Barnes right. and Noble. What's That's it called right. again? You can't call it the Cubert noise. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And For we'll Christmas be talking to him about it go. in the interview. So uh, we'll share more about that then. Nice. All right, guys, let's wrap up here with a recap of this month's Kung Fu rankings. In third place and getting some magician in his face, uh, that'd be me, Dustin. Um, <laughs> second place, and I, I, I like this is Alex and I usually most episodes come in close to each other, yeah, by a second or third one, you know, it's but it's by by slow percentages. But now I think you beat me by like five times the score this time. Well, I mean, so there you go, Mr. Alex. I have more practice jiggling those joysticks. <laughs> than you, do. you do, and moving on to our top score. Uh, well, our top score among the retro game guys and the That's only right. one to officially right. beat Fred Savage. Take that, that Fred would, Savage. That would be Mr. Zach over there. <laughs> Thank you. All By right, the way, guys. we're going to get that guy one of these days on this podcast. Fred like, Savage? Yeah, Basic Gamer Bob had said on Twitter, he's like, you guys need to get him. I think it was like three days before we recorded here. And I was like, I think it's kind of too late oh. now. But if we ever decide to do like a Super Mario 3, the wizard movie combination episode or something, that would be the perfect guy. So Only, only if he brings Winnie with him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a uh, math class with her at UCLA. Really? Okay, LA yeah. story, hashtag Alex's LA story. There you so go. Let's knock it in. <laughs> you got every episode now. You you owe it. Yeah. So you can start thinking of Qbert related LA stories. Now this point. I'll try. All right, maybe. guys. That's all the time we have here for our kung fu episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and it makes you want to kick the head off an old magician. Yeah. For the retro game guys, Zach and Alex, I'm Dustin saying happy holidays, stay well, and game on. Until next time, friends. What's up? Special thank you goes out to Video Game Music Remixer and our buddy, Hi209, for letting us use that awesome remix on the podcast. You can hear the full Kung Fu Remix track and lots of other great VGM remixes by checking out Hyde209's YouTube channel. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.